This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill, and I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE, certified. Hello, Allison. Hi, Liz. Oh, we're going to talk about the alphabet of car terms today, such as AWD, which is all-wheel drive, HP, which is horsepower, SUV, which is... uh, Sport utility vehicle. Sport utility vehicle, (laughs) and a V6... Yeah. doesn't stand for the words it it's the shape, it's the shape. okay so we're going to do all of that but between your vehicle repair questions so that's the whole reason Allison is here is to take your car repair questions but we're going to provide a little education uh, along the way so let's go with Allison, we found a list of um, a bunch of these different car terms. Uh, let's go through what some of them are. GDI, uh, let's go uh, CVT. So yeah. and so that's a, what is a CVT? CVT is a new type of transmission. It came out around 2005, I think, and I think Nissan was the first ones that really started doing it. And so what it stands for is continuously variable transmission. So instead of having set gears where you feel the transmission shift into a different gear, like, like they normally would, and these are automatic transmissions, it just changes constantly. Constantly, and it has infinite amount of ratios. So it's on like a cone system, on a belt cone system. So it's kind of a weird setup. Um, it's still kind of new. They're still working out the kinks in it these many years later. I know Nissan had a lot of problems with theirs. and um, But they're in... Every manufacturer has a CVT transmission. All, almost all manufacturers have problems with them, but it is a better transmission, and it does it, it, it increases your gas mileage. It's better on your engine. It's a it's a better all around platform, and it has more applications for power than your regular transmission. They're more reliable overall when it's done right. Okay, quick story. When I was a, a wee lass, my dad had a Lynx. I, was that a Lincoln Lynx or a Ford Lynx or a Mercury Lynx, whatever it was? And it was a smaller car, and you it was automatic, but you could, like, feel when they changed gears, yeah. uh, I guess. So this, you know, this would have benefited just to have multiple is it is it infinite gears or it, you know like amount of ratios it, wow. it, it, can, it can change to any ratios gear ratio setting that you that you can do in it it's uh it's really really neat a lot of people were complaining that they didn't feel their car shift anymore and they added in shift points oh. to it so that you could <laughs> feel it isn't that weird i thought that was odd okay. that people complained about well, that that's like with the, the, the cell phones they add the shutter sound when you take a picture yeah it's not a shutter sound okay right so then awd all-wheel drive that's a good one um so that all-wheel drive they started doing it more in in vehicles that were up north because it was helping with subarus all-wheel drive subarus almost all subarus Mm -hmm. are all-wheel drive um 
So what it does, it, it of course, it, it's all four of your wheels turn, but they don't always, always turn. It'll do it just as needed mm-hmm. also on some systems. They're, they're all a little bit different. They all work a little bit different. Some of them are true all-wheel drive where it's on constantly and it has all the power. Some of them, it's just most of the powers to the front wheels and a little bit of power to the rear wheels. But it truly is better for safety. It's a lot safer. Um, you're not going to skid or lose traction is easily or spin out if you have an emergency situation it's going to hold the road better um, so it is a lot better and for of course for up north it's it's a necessity pretty much um, it's, it's dangerous up there so we, we everyone knows that but the, so all-wheel drive is AWD and so many cars are all-wheel drive these days they have a all-wheel drive Honda Odyssey van I mean some of the vans are all-wheel drive so it's on lots and lots of vehicles something people need to know about all-wheel drive is it has a different maintenance there's actually a transfer case there and a differential that those fluids have to be changed along when you do your transmission fluid also so it does have extra maintenance it is a little bit heavier on your car so your gas mileage maybe go down a little bit because it's big heavy components that make it work and uh, but it's safer it's a lot safer costs more Two more irrelevant facts. Uh, My siblings all went to college in Colorado in the 70s, and then my daughter went to college in Vermont. All Subarus everywhere in Colorado and Vermont. Everywhere. It's like... You, you don't play slug bug you know if you if you play oh, yeah. if you played spot the subaru you'd have a bruised shoulder because yep. that's all they have there yep great cars if you, i have a question oh, go ahead Hi. michelle okay kevin and i were in here talking when you were talking about uh well four wheel drive mm-hmm. so when you say front wheel drive and these are hard to say five times fast yeah. and <laughs> rear wheel drive what does that actually mean so the front wheel drive, it's just your front wheels. You started seeing cars go to front wheel drive um, a long time ago, but the, the thing is it's a safer platform. It actually keeps your car more stable as it pulls as you're driving because it's pulling from the front tires. Rear wheel drive cars, or RWD, was what that stands for, are actually, they'll they'll lose their tail end more. I mean, and now you see them, they're pretty much just on sports cars. You don't see them on any regular driving car and it's because of safety um front wheel drive you can actually race them and they race really well i've gotten to race um i know i raced one for sure and the difference in the way it pulls and handles and is more stable is it's a big big difference it's they're really it's really a good platform i hate working on them oh so is one better than the other is a front wheel drive better than a rear 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 wheel drive or is a all-wheel drive car the best all-wheel drive car is going to be the best handling and front-wheel drive it's just cheaper all-wheel drive costs more it's a lot more components in there you but you basically almost have like two transmissions in a way because you have a transfer case and differential extra on your car that you wouldn't have um, so it does the systems do cost more they have a little more maintenance uh, a little more components to it but it is safer um, do we actually need that in Mississippi maybe maybe not maybe if you're stuck in the mud if you're stuck in the mud if you are uh, traveling dirt roads maybe Maybe um, when it gets rainy here, that really helps with the rain, of course. 
and with the ice that we get occasionally. But um, so that's that's kind of just a preference on, on what you want. I worked on a, a Toyota RAV4. It was a second generation Toyota RAV4, and it was all wheel drive. And I was surprised about that. So it's it's a, it's out there. All wheel drive is is all over the place. So if you when you go to buy a car, look to see if it's all wheel drive. It may be. It's it's a very high chance of that these days. Is it better than well rear wheel drive? Pretty much all your race people are going to say rear-wheel drive is better. I tell you this, it's a lot more fun because you can lose your back end and spin out and, and you know, <laughs> drift and all these things. And so, But you've seen the rear-wheel drive is a more rare platform these days. It used to be that's all the cars were rear-wheel drive. Yeah, I'm just trying to get to Walmart. That's all. Right? <laughs> I don't want to spin out or anything. You know, I'm the Uber, the mom driver, the soccer mom. So yeah. I don't want to spin out. But, yeah, I just always wanted to know that. I've heard those terms before and didn't know exactly what it meant. Well, Michelle, that's this show is just for you and Thank for you. everyone else. If you've ever wondered what these letters, this alphabet soup of naming something on your car or other cars, maybe you've heard it on a commercial and you want to know what that is, give us a call today. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You could also send us an email to our address, auto at mpbonline.org. One last thing when we're getting to these drives. Now, working backward from the all-wheel or the front wheel or the rear wheel drive, that all comes from the transmission and where which wheels the transmission is attached to? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. And the transfer case transfers it. It literally transfers the power back to the rear wheels or to the front wheels on a truck. So if a truck has... Uh, four-wheel drive then the transfer case transfers the wheels to the front tires because all as everyone may or may not know all trucks are rear-wheel drive okay and okay i promise last story we had a ford explorer that would go into four-wheel drive but you had to turn the hubs in the wheel but if they needed it in four-wheel drive it's usually because you're stuck in the mud so you have to get out in the mud mud. (laughs) to turn the hubs which (laughs) seemed pretty ridiculous okay let's go on to egr exhaust gas recirculation what's egr so that is part of your emission system basically it is exactly what it says it does it takes your exhaust gas recirculates it back through your engine and burns off more of the emissions. So it is an emissions part on your car. They can clog and cause problems and set off check engine lights and need replaced or cleaned occasionally. Um, so that and they can cause little problems with your car if they mess up. But that's what that's for. It literally is an emissions to get more of your your exhaust gases cleaned back up and then back out the car. So it circulates it out the exhaust pipe back into the intake of the car. And is this just on fancy pants tree hugger cars, or <laughs> do a lot of cars have this exhaust gas recirculation? All of them do. Oh, all okay. of them do. Yeah. Okay. Great, great. Let's do uh, let's do one more. Variable valve timing, VVT. VVT. Um, so this started coming out more. You start seeing it in the 90s, and it literally changes your valves. It uh, varies them to open or close longer to help with emissions. Some of it's for performance. 
and it can adjust for performance and give your car more of that. It's usually, and this is something people need to realize, is a, a good reason why you need to make really sure you do your oil changes these days because it affects your variable valve train that uh, on your car. And if you don't change your oil on time, it gunks up the little phasers that change the valves. We don't want gunky phasers, do we? We do not want gunky phasers. That's an expensive fix. And those run oil through them to change the pressure and move them. They use the oil that's in your car. And it's in all cars, y'all. All cars these days pretty much have variable valve timing. And so that's a really good reason why we do oil changes. And any mechanic will tell you that it's very important. And they see that a lot where people aren't changing their oil. You used to could kind of get away with it a little bit. But these days it'll tear up your engine faster because of this system. And it's a great system. Uh, they have VTEC is the one for Honda. VVT is what most of them call it, other manufacturers. And it just changes up the valves. Okay, before we go to break, let's call, let's talk to Les in DeSoto County, CTV. You know, that Canadian television, I guess not. Les, we're glad <laughs> you're called into AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Thank you, uh, CVT. Um, I, I hate to disagree with Miss Walker, but the CVT system is not that new. The Dutch car manufacturer DAF, D-A-F, had a similar system back in the 70s. Nice. Uh, okay, that's neat. I wonder... Uh, Variable more, I mean, I'd it, like to know it, more it about really that. wasn't that good. Um, I, had a, <laughs> I had a Dutch girlfriend who had one. It was a, a very much an urban car uh, for Europe, um, but it was belt-driven, and the belts used to stretch. Oh, uh, yeah. You all over the place with the wretched thing. Um, it, it, was pop, <laughs> it was popular for a while. And I, I wonder whether Nissan or whoever might have bought the patent and set out to improve it. But um, but no, it, it's a system like that has certainly been around since at least the um, early to mid-70s. Awesome. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. So it's, it's crazy how you have these little car manufacturers that aren't around for very long. They... they put in their money and, and go for it and, and they'll do something interesting and innovative and then you they end up closing their doors and you see this technology move on or then years later uh, pop up and and people and, and utilize it in in the future. It's pretty pretty neat. I've never heard of that car company, so that's pretty neat. No, they, they I don't think they imported to the United States. They now make heavy trucks for Europe. Um, if you're in Europe on the autobahns or the motorways route national, you'll see lots of uh, heavy trucks with a DAF badge um, for long distance hauling. But uh, yeah, that car it, it had a, a brief popularity for a while, but uh, eventually people just got fed up of you know I mean it, it, once the belt started to stretch I mean it, it, you would be going all over the place with it and it really wasn't that reliable but uh, no but as I say I hate to disagree with you but CVT has been around in one form or another for quite some years now amazing well it, it got widespread in the mid 2000s uh and that's when you started seeing it so much. And now it's in almost all of your everyday cars, from Ford to Nissan to everyone. I know my Prius has a CVT um, 
But yeah, then it then it got it, it's got widespread. And they're still working the kinks out. And like I said, some systems are good. Like in my Prius, there's you'll it's highly unlikely to have a problem with that. But that's more motor electric motor driven too. It's so it's so weird how it's set up. <laughs> but yeah, thank you, Les. We we love learning things all the time, and we appreciate you calling in. We're going to continue with our discussion of car feature acronyms when we come back from our break. If you have a problem with your vehicle that's why we've invited allison here to volunteer to answer your questions so call us at 1-877-MPB-RING that's 1-877-672-7464 you could also send us an email to autocorrect oh, i'm sorry auto at mpbonline.org and as your car under recall we'll have a list of ones that are when we come back You're listening to Autocorrect on MPB Think Radio. I'm Robert Krulwich from Radiolab. We're told that smell triggers memories in the brain. So if you're in your car, let's try something. Roll up your windows and inhale, okay? There are some memories you cherish and others that just um, linger. But now here's a thought. How about contributing this barrel of aroma that is your car to your favorite public radio station? And you might even get a tax deduction. Thanks. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. You're listening to Autocorrect on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or email auto at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, where Mississippi is our mission. Welcome back to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. And if you can't listen to our show all the way through live, please find our podcast. My son is making a cross-country trip today and yesterday, and we loaded his phone up with podcasts before he left the Wi-Fi so that he could nice. listen while going through the desert. And here are the recalls uh, recently. We missed last week because of um, legislative hearings. So this, this is this week's and last week's. 2020 Mercedes-Benz GLE and GLS. We've got 928,000 Toyota Scion and Lexus cars, minivans, SUVs, and pickup trucks. So go ahead and check out all of those. Wonder what they had going on. Uh, the 2020 Honda Elantras, the 2017 to 19 Subaru Crosstrex and Imprezias. And uh, they have two different recalls for that. The 2019 Tesla Model 3, the 2014 to 19 Ram 1500s, the 2019 Ford Edge, the 2017 to 2020 Porsche Pamera and Pamera Hybrid and Cayenne, and 
638,000 Chevrolet and GMC SUVs and pickup trucks and 2019-2020 BMW 3 Series Z4. So you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov slash recall, and input your VIN number. Allison, tell everyone where they can find their VIN number. It's on the dash, on your windshield, on your driver's side, and you can see it from the outside of your car. And it's also in the door jam on the driver's side. When you open the door, you'll see the VIN number on a little placard, and it'll have other information on there, too. All right. And it also should be on your insurance card. That should be in your glove box and if it's not there you might be in trouble so go (laughs) make sure you've got your insurance card in the glove box today we're talking about the alphabet of car terms we're going to tell you some you call and ask us about ones you're curious about we're also taking your vehicle repair questions our number is one eight eight seven seven six seven two 7464. That works out to be 1877 MPB ring. Let's go to Wendy, who's calling in from Long Beach. Wendy, thanks so much for calling into AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, first, I just wanted to say about the, um, the recalls. Um, I have a 2003 BMW X5, and it got recalled for airbags. It's been a couple months, and you may have announced it, but I just thought I'd say that because I got a recall. Fantastic. Yeah, sometimes if your cars are, if you're the original owner or it's registered with the company, they'll send you a little postcard or an email or something. But um, lots of times people aren't the original owners and it it helps to go just type in your VIN number. But I'm so glad uh, you found out about that because we wouldn't want Wendy to be in an accident and not have an airbag. This is true. This is true. And have an airbag. Yes. Indeed. Um, my other, my real question was, um, my I've been having trouble with my brakes. I think um, they will. I will be going slowly, like on a thirty-five mile an hour road, and I brake, and it's fine. But if I'm going faster and I have to slow down real quick, my steering wheel uh, shakes, and okay. I'm not sure if it might be. I you know we get a lot of rain down here, and you go drive through roads that are wet with hot rotors and put the brakes on. I wonder if maybe I worked a rotor or something. Uh, good question. What's actually happening, they used to think it was your rotor warping, but what happens is the gas in between your brake pad and your rotor has gotten disrupted or it wasn't seated properly initially and it took a while for it to to act up. What you have to do is the same process as when we thought it was warped rotors is have your rotors turned at a shop and have the brake pads reseated and that'll fix that right up for you and that's not expensive that's a a cheaper pair and you don't want all that shaking around so i'd go ahead and 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 get that fixed it does affect your braking ability it does yes if you're like in a in a situation where you have to slow down really quick that's when it that's when it 
it's the worst. So. Yes. So you think uh, about it shaking all those components there, your tie rod and everything, and that can mess up other things. So, But it's an easy yeah. fix. You just turn the rotors and reseat the brake pads, and um, and they should put it through the brake pad reseating process where you stop quickly at 45 miles per hour, and it, it's a little process that you go through and reseat some, and you should be good to go. Okay. All right. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Wendy, thanks for calling in. Let's now go to Kurt, who's calling from Neshoba County. Kurt, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Yes, um, I've had a couple of Hondas that have the all-wheel drive system, and I had a 2000 CRV and a 2006 uh, Ridgeline, and it's a really, really good uh, all-wheel drive system. It's hydraulically run, but you're talking about the abbreviations AWD. On the Ridgeline, which is a truck, uh, they made the A look sort of like a four, so it sort of looked like it was four-wheel drive, but it was truly uh, an all-wheel drive, so they sort of compromised and made that A on the outside badge look between an A and a four. Yeah, I'm familiar with what you're talking about, how it looks on there. And I'm glad you, you like the system, you you like the way it's set up, because there, there are differences in how they make an all-wheel drive system work. And and like the, oh, just for colloquially saying the word on the street, it's some of them are better than others in how they react and, and how when they turn on and off and how much power they put to the rear wheels or front wheels in the case of the Ridgeline. So so you like yours, and that's good. So I guess Honda puts out a good system. That's good to know. They, they, they really do. I drove the uh, the Ridgeline uh, on a lot of snow and mud, and I, I actually don't have the vehicle anymore. I have a, a Dodge four-wheel drive, and um, the four-wheel drive on snow, uh, there's a huge difference, and I, I prefer the Ridgeline all-wheel drive system. Versus the four-wheel drive Dodge. Is that a Dodge truck? It is. It's okay. a Ram. Ram Interesting. The Ram. Yep. Okay. Interesting. The, uh, the, the question I had is actually about my F-150, a 2010 uh, with a 4.6 V8. It's got 300,000 miles on it. And um, wow. I've got a coolant leak uh, from, it's, it's not from any of the hoses or around the, the water pump. Uh, but the... Uh, the shop, actually, the, the Ford dealership said I probably need to have it, you know, looked at and probably a hit gasket crack, something like that. It's got 300,000 miles, and I don't want to spend a lot of money on it. When the motor finally does go, I'm probably going to just completely replace the motor. Uh, is there a product that would be okay, any of the stop leak products okay to use in 300,000-mile truck that you're going to replace the motor in one day anyway? There's not one that I know for sure, but when you do use those, they can be effective depending on what kind of leak it has. So it sounds like in your case it's possible it would be good. I'm not going to say for sure, right? but if yours has like a, a, a crack somewhere, possibly in the block or head or the head gasket's leaking a little bit. Um, do you, does it smoke at all? Does not smoke. There's no no white smoke coming out of the tailpipe, um, and it's not a bad leak. I put about a, a quart in. I, I, you know, three hundred thousand miles. It uses oil as well, so I put about a quart of, of coolant and a quart of oil in every fifteen hundred miles. Okay. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, you might want to, you can try it. You can try it and see if it helps out. One thing you might want to do before you do that is to eliminate it being a hose leak or, or something like that, or if you can see if it's from the radiator, is to go to an auto parts store and get a radiator pressure tester for the cooling system, and you put it on your radiator and you pressurize the system and it'll push push the fluid out wherever the leak is at if it's somewhere you can see. If it's in the internals in the engine, you won't you won't be able to see it. But you might can figure out where it's at and possibly it be something simple like a little hose somewhere because you have your big radiator hoses, but sometimes you have little cooling lines. Some right. it can be on the back of the engine or, you know, somewhere and it is hidden. leaking somewhere towards the back of the engine. It, and it literally could be leaking from your heater core or back there somewhere also and of course that's that's a little more involved as far as dealing with that um, the heater cores under the dash but it may give you an idea of where it's at and if you if it's a hose you can fix it if it's a hose those stop leaks won't work on that so it has to be a very small leak from a crack in metal and, and so it'll help with that so that's what I would do is you get the pressure tester first and see if you can figure out where it's coming from. Okay, and those, they're a little expensive to rent, but you get all your money back. And they're about $170 to rent the little tool and the little kit, but they're real easy to use, and you get all your money back. Great. I've got a good auto parts store near me. Good. Good deal. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you, Kurt. We're glad that you called in today. We are talking about the alphabet of car terms, acronyms. We're also taking vehicle repair questions. Um, Allison, here's one more. Uh, MAF, mass airflow. Well, I don't know. I don't know that mass one. airflow sensor. So that literally is how you sense how much air is flowing into the engine so it knows how to regulate your fuel how much fuel to put in your engine when the mass airflow sensor acts up it could be dumping more fuel thinking you're not getting enough air it can be leaning out the fuel thinking you're not getting enough air and it'll set off an oxygen sensor code so you think it's the oxygen sensor when it's not, and it's actually the mass airflow sensor. So that's something that's just a little education for people there. When when you get these codes for check engine lights and they say this component when it could be another component, and you have to check them and know how to check them, and those that, that gets into the higher-end diagnostics that I talk about that, that your higher-end technicians do. That's one of the things I love about this show and that I've learned from you, that if something goes wrong with your car and you have a check engine light it may be that thing that it says it is or it may be something else that's causing that thing yep. or it could be the sensor yep yep and you need to test it i'm learning i am learning so much you from are Allison learning Walker. you're going to be a car nerd before it's over <laughs> all right we are talking about zevs rpms l4s all car alphabet terms and we're taking your car repair questions the number is one 877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You could also send us an email like Tim from Illinois did that we'll get to in a moment. Our email is auto at mpbonline.org. What's an unreliable car not to buy? We'll get to that after the break. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. 
The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is our expert. I'm Liz Gill, learning from Allison Walker. And I hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you could click the support button and make a contribution because MPB relies on contributions to maintain our towers, our station, purchase national programming, and to pay salaries. And we want to say a big thank you to all the foundation members, all the MPB foundation members who contribute and support us. Consumer Reports has a list of vehicles that have a record of much worse than overall average overall reliability based on subscriber responses to their annual auto survey. Today, we're going to caution you about the Buick LaCrosse, the 2006, the 2010, the 11, and the 17. The headlights, the low beams, go off intermittently was a, a complaint from owners. So please consider reading up on the reliability of this car before purchasing it as a used car, suggests Consumer Reports. CarComplaints.com is another resource for unreliable car lists and a lot of technical information. Allison loves that website. And if you're interested in reviews of new cars, Casey Williams is the automotive correspondent for WFYI, a public radio station in Indianapolis. He's reviewed cars and covered the auto industry for 25 years. He has new reviews of the Kia Nitro EV. And what's an EV? Electric vehicle. And the EV startup Rivan, which is funded by Ford Motor Company, Cox Automotive, and Amazon. Huh. Wow. Okay. Today we're talking about the ABCs of car features, but we're also taking your car repair questions. So let's go ahead and go to Oxford, and we thank Martha for calling in today. Thanks, uh, or Marth, I'm sorry. Thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead. It is Martha. Hey, Martha. (laughs) Hi there. Thank you, lady auto mechanic, for your informative show. Thanks to each of you ladies. I have a question. I'm new in a community, and I've lost my contacts. I wondered what certification Allison would require of a mechanic to take care of her car. So the main there's one certification and and that's across the board for everyone. It's ASE certified. And that's A-S-E. auto ASE. And you'll see the little signs at the shops, but it helps I I believe to ask will an ASE certified mechanic be working on my car? They have higher uh-huh. education to get that certification. It's hard. It's not uh-huh. easy test. I had to study like the Dickens to get it uh, to to pass the test. They're really hard. So the, the ones who have are they are better mechanics. Yes. And so they, they have that at the shop. And ASC stands for Automotive Service Excellence. 
Oh, good to know. Thank you so much. Another acronym. You ladies, for your program. I find it interesting and informative. Well, thank you for listening. Martha, we hope you enjoy Oxford. I think everybody thinks Oxford's a swell town. It is so nice. Yes, my, my aunt lives there, and she's probably listening now, my Aunt Andre, and it's a fantastic little town. I really enjoyed hanging out with her there a few times. All the good restaurants. I find the people so nice. They are. And the restaurants there. Y'all have a lot of good restaurants for such a little town. Okay. Thank you, Martha. We appreciate you calling in today. Let's also go to Oxford and go to uh, Tyler. Tyler, do you like Oxford? Uh, I do. I've been living here for a few months now. Oh, well, Fandel, you're new, too. Tyler, meet Martha. Martha, meet Tyler. Tyler, (laughs) thanks for calling to AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question? Yeah, so I have a 2006 Trailblazer LS model, Mm. and, you know, it it served me well, and it was having uh, some throttle body issues, and one day it just fully quit out, so I replaced the engine in it, and now I'm getting an issue, and this has been a few months now, uh, random issues popped up where if I get between 65 to 70 miles per hour, or two RPM, it'll, like, the RPM will go up and down really fast until I get over 70, and then it'll stabilize again. I don't know what's going on with it, but it's weirding me out. (laughs) Oh, dear. Goodness, what a problem. Yeah, that's... Tyler, there's no telling what that is. Um, It could be your computer acting up. It could be a loose connection on a sensor. Um, You're going to have to find you a really good mechanic. And like Martha was saying, ASE certified to look at your vehicle and 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 know that they're going to charge diagnostics to figure it out. But you want them to do that and take their time so that they're not wasting time just throwing parts at it, which is a term that we talk about for s- some mechanics who aren't very good. They just start throwing parts at a car and fixing stuff, and it doesn't fix the problem without is without it, the proper is diagnosis. Worse? Is it even worth still trying to uh, fix this car up? I mean, Kelly's Blue Book value is, I don't know, 2000 2500 somewhere in there. And I just, I already replaced the engine. I just feel like it might be time to give up on it. I, um... I don't know if I can say, but I, I'm not a, 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 a big fan of Chevy in general. And so, oh, trust me, me neither, after this. Yeah, so to me it's a give up and move on thing, but you might want to give it a try and see if a mechanic can find it and, and talk to them about it too and say, you know, is this something you feel like we can fix and it's not going to cost an arm and a leg or should I pass on that? Maybe someone that has experience with this problem. Another thing you can do is google the problem and see if this is something that's a common problem with this vehicle and that particular engine and and see if that has something to do with it or the transmission i mean so it's it's there's a lot of different things that could factor in with that i'd want to get a really good mechanic's opinion on that and let them take the time to diagnose it properly and and tell them to to diagnose it properly Alrighty, thank you so much. You're very welcome. I wish I had a, a quick answer for you. <laughs> 
Thanks, Tyler. We appreciate you calling in today. We are discussing acronyms for car terms, EV and AC and MSRP. And uh, but we, if you, so if you have a question about that, we'd love for you to call in. But Allison is also here to take your car repair questions. So let's go to uh, Robert in New Albany. Robert, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Yes, I have a 97 Buick LaCrosse, not LaCrosse, Buick LaFaber, and it's been sitting up for about two years that it stopped running, and it had a full tank of gas in it. I want to know whether you have to drop a gas tank before you try to crank it, or is the gas be still good? Yes, you may want to do that. That's hitting right at the borderline where it would be bad. And so as soon as you crank it and turn it over, it's clogging your injectors. So that's that's highly likely. And I, I appreciate you trying to keep this old car running. Let me ask you to take one of those little electric pumps and suck all the gas out of it, or you have to take the whole tank off? You can do that, and but you may have to get the tank relined, but it may help to pump out that gas first before you're dropping the tank on it. Yeah. Uh, so the, you can just pump out the gas and put new gas in. And, and it. um, it's possible. You, you might want to scope it down in there and see how it's looking. And see, you know, if it's if it's gunked up or pull a sample of the fuel and have it tested. That's a good way to know what if it's contaminated and so that you're not pulling bad gas up into your engine. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. All right. Thank you, Robert. Where would you get your contaminated gas tested? Uh, I'm not sure, but I have a friend who gets his oil tested, his transmission fluid tested. So there are places that do that okay. and tell you what is actually in there. Mm-hmm. And has it broken down? Does it have contamination? Is it the recipe it's supposed to be still from when it was new? So there are testing facilities for that, and it's it's pretty neat process. I, I, like, I like talking to my friend about it when he did that and talking about what's actually in the oil and, and after so many miles. And this is fascinating. Excellent. Okay. Well, we're talking about the alphabet of car features. It's time for our last break of the show, and we're taking your repair questions. Our number is 1 877 MPB Ring. That's 1 877 672 7464. You could send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. Autocorrect on MPB Think Radio. Listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. 
For details, visit mpbonline.org slash cartag. We'll see you on the road. Welcome back to AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from our website, autocorrect.mpbonline.org. And Allison, I understand you're going to do another car clinic in the Jackson metro area. What's coming up for you soon? Yes, it's actually in Brandon at the Spillway Library. That's going to be next Tuesday at 11 a.m. That's November 12th. So I'll just be talking, doing demonstration, basically answering questions, helping people understand their car more. Really looking forward to meeting some people from the that listen to the radio show if you'd like to come out and meet me. And that'll be a little fun and a little thing that we're doing, just a little car demonstration. We're doing it for about an hour at the Spillway Library in Brandon. It's on the Spillway Road. It's Do really you know what time it was? At 11 a.m. All right. Right after Veterans Day. Mm-hmm. All right. I am Liz Gill, and I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, who is ASE certified. Let's go to the phones and go to Alones County. And Eva, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead. I have a 2015 or 16 Equinox. Every time I fill it with gas, it sputters and sputters, and maybe I have to crank it two or three times. Oh, and it only does it when I put gas in it. And this has been going on for about four months, so it wasn't bad gas. Interesting. So, but so once you start driving it, you're not having that problem. It's just when it first, when you first put in gas. Am I right? Every, every yes. When I fill it up at the gas pump, I have to sputter out of the uh, onto the street, and then after that, it's gone. And then it's a 2016. So it shouldn't be or 16. Okay. So it shouldn't be having fuel pump problems. That's what I would do as a as a mechanic is put a pressure tester on there. And when you first put the gas in there, check it and see. So you may have to have a shop do that for you and pressure test it right when that problem is happening so that you can figure out, are we losing pressure for some reason when we first put the gas in? Or if it's, is it bad gas? Are you using the same station? No, no, I'm, it no, doesn't I'm matter? Using, I travel for a living, okay. so I'm using gas from anywhere from Meridian, Mississippi to Tupelo, Mississippi. So definitely, it couldn't be bad gas. Um, yeah, so I guess that you would want to tell a mechanic what's going on and say, test it right as, after you put in gas if you can and, get it to them then or have them duplicate the situation and that is another thing is i don't know how to find a mechanic but because uh, i'm living close to meridian mississippi mm-hmm. and i only live there a few years but i just don't know how to find a mechanic i like just tips for everyone out there um what i look for i really like the mom and pop 
mechanic shops or the ones where the mechanic who owns it actually works there and is the head mechanic. I like that situation. I like ones that are friendly where you get to know them. And when you go up and ask questions, they are patiently talking to you about them. I have dealt with ones. They just are not, they do not have good customer service. And that, to me, just put a bad vibe. And I like to deal with friendly ones. One way, and this is, this may not apply to you, Eva, but for people to go and get basic things like oil changes at these little mom and pop shops so that you establish a relationship with them. And when you have a problem, they're more, they're probably going to give you a little bit of a discount because you've been going to them, but they're going to be more helpful and you already know who they are and that they do a good job. Yeah. And so that's, if you can find a shop that you use for your basic things, so when you have these big problems, you have someone to go to. That's just a tip. Instead of using the quickie lubes, which I'm not a huge fan of, (laughs) but but, uh, the mom and pop shops are, like I said, the ones where the head mechanic is an owner in it and and you can talk to them personally and I really like that and that's that's generally when I've had to use shops before I started working a lot on cars if I it was something I couldn't do that's what I found was the shops where the owner was the head mechanic and look to see that the mechanics are ASE certified yep that's a big one okay All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks, Eva. We appreciate you calling in. Let's go through just a couple of uh, some more of these alphabet things. GDIL. Do you say the dash or is it just GDIL? I haven't heard of GDIL, but GDI. Gas direct injection. Interesting. Uh, And then they have the GDI dash s i'm not sure if you say that but the stoichiometric gasoline direct injection um that's interesting but the gdi stands for gas gasoline direct injection and that's where they're putting it directly into the cylinder where they shoot the gas into the engine instead of over the intake valve like it used to be and for people out there really important to know if you have a gdi car and they're very widespread these days. Almost all manufacturers have them. Then you need to do the intake clean, the CRC intake clean that I talk about, or intake clean in general on your car at least once a year. And some of them recommend doing it every oil change when you have the GDI engine. And the reason being it gunks up in there where the fuel used to go over the intake valve and clean it off. Now it doesn't do that because it's going directly into the cylinder and your intake valve gets all gunked up and eventually your engine's not going to run very good. All right. And I think we did talk about the GDI engines when we talked about engines on our April 19th yes, we autocorrect mm-hmm. show. Well, this has been fun, um, but there's, there's just so many of these little alphabet. You know, I forget we say LEDs yes. all the time, mm-hmm. but that's those are light emitting diodes. You yes. might forget. You might know the little acronym, but yep. not know what that stands for. Yep. All right. Another hour has flown by. So that's going to wrap us up for today. We thank Kevin Farrell and for being our call screener and Michelle McAdoo for being our board engineer. They're all part of Team Autocorrect. 
also for Allison Walker, who you can follow on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. She's got dirty pictures, folks. As the lady <laughs> auto mechanic, I'm Liz Gill. Up next is our Thursday Southern Remedy Show, Kids and Teens with Dr. Morgan McLeod. We hope you join us again next Thursday at 10 a.m. for AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Cool. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.